everybody, it's me, Auntie, and I hope everybody's doing well. Can you believe we are coming to the last six weeks of 2020? And I hope during this time, I know we had the coronaviruses and people close to us passing away and, you know, even fun celebrities passing away and having to miss um, having celebrations with family and friends and stuff like that, like we normally do. I hope, though, everybody took the opportunity to still count their blessings, still know that they still have a lot of important things in life and that the year wasn't so bad. Because if you're listening to me right now, the year wasn't so bad. You're still here, right? So today... We're going to talk about Marlene Click. Now, Marlene Click was one of the first black women, and she was from Nova Scotia, to join the Canadian Women's Army Corps. And it was around that time, number one, it was very unusual for women to be part of the military, the army, the navy. It was like around 1951 where they still felt women should be cooking and cleaning and taking care of children. But but she was one of the part of the women that signed up um, because she wanted to. Right. And they did an interview with her. Um, I'm just trying to see what year. I believe it was two years ago in 2018. CBC did an interview with her. And asked her about why she joined. And she says here, quote, I was in high school at the time. And during the summers, we couldn't find employment in the stores. The only employment we could do would be housework. And then it came that we could join the reserves. So in order to make money to help her financially and probably to help her family financially, she joined the reserves. And of course, you know, because she was black, they did segregate it. Um, Blacks in one spot, whites in the other. I know um, today it's changed. The women are within the same facility together, which is great. And um, and so during the summer, um, they, they spent their summers training in Kentville, Nova Scotia. And during the winters, she worked as a clerical worker um, in the reserves three nights a week in Halifax and she earned now this is a quite it was considered quite a bit comparing to today but she earned $65 a month so if that was today's pay nobody would be happy to be receiving that but um, she did enjoy her training she said one of the things that she really wanted to do being part of the army is that she wanted to join the air force. But unfortunately, because of their color, they couldn't do it. So at least she paved the way for future black women to be able to join the army. And I thought this would be a, it was a great opportunity to tell her story due to the fact that this past um, week was Remembrance Day. So that's amazing. So today, I'm going to read a story called Island Born. And what I like about this story is a little girl has to tell her story of immigrating to um, another country. Now, if you don't know what 
uh, immigrating means. It means moving from one country to another. And a lot of us, a lot of us, especially um, in the black community, we do have either we immigrated or we have family members that immigrated that allowed us to be born here. I know for myself, my mother, who is from Trinidad and Tobago, and my father, who is from Jamaica, both of them immigrated to Canada. And this is where my siblings and I were born and where I, I raised my children. My husband is also an immigrant from Jamaica. So that that's a lot, right? He, You come from a different country. And I always feel that people who immigrate from one country to another, I find them the most brave people ever because you're coming to a whole new culture, a whole new way of living. A, you're leaving your home that you're familiar with, where you know the foods you like, the stores you like, the places you like. And it's not like moving from a different neighborhood or a different city to city. You're moving a whole country where the culture is different, the people are different. And, you know, I hope that it, when people do immigrate, immigrate to a new country, they're able to make friends. You know, some people have a difficult time because they don't speak the language of the country. You know, if you speak a different language like French or German or Russian or, or um, you know, any sort of language, you come to an English speaking country or you go to, you speak English and you go to a Spanish speaking country, it's very difficult to adjust. But you, you learn to do it because this is the path that you're taking. So I thought this story was nice because Lola is trying to remember where she immigrated from because she was so little. She she didn't know where, doesn't remember much about her home country. And so she has to talk to others to give her a picture of where she came from. So let's take a moment and let's read Island Born. Island Born. Every kid in Lola's school was from somewhere else. Hers was a school of faraway places. Maya was from a city so big that it was like its own country. India and Camilla were from a stony village at the tippy top of the world. Mateo had lived in a desert so hot even the cactus fainted. Nu was born in a jungle famous for its tigers and its poets. And Lola was from the island. So when her teacher, Miss Obi, told the class, please draw a picture of the country you are originally from, your, from your first country, and bring it in tomorrow, everyone got super excited. I'm going to put in a pyramid, told Delia, and I'll draw a canal this long, Franklin said. There's going to be mongoose in mine, Nelson yelled. Nelson always yelled. Lola raised her hand. She hated raising her hand almost as much as she hated Nelson's yelling. Miss, what if you don't remember where you come from? What if you left before you could start remembering? No problema. Miss Obi said, are there people around who do remember? Like my whole neighborhood, Lola said, and they're always talking about the island. Well then, Miss Obi started, maybe, but Lola finished 
her sentence. I should talk to everyone who does remember. I should draw from their memory. <laughs> That's a good plan, Lola, Miss Obi said with a smile. Lola started feeling better about the assignment. But then she saw all the other kids chatting excitedly about what they were going to draw. And it made her sad. Everybody was remembering their first home. Even Nelson, who forgot everything. Nelson even forgot his last name once for an hour. Lola had always wanted to remember the island, but no matter how hard she tried, she never could. It was like a familiar word just at the tip of your tongue. But instead of a word, this was an entire world. Lola closed her eyes and tried to recall anything about the island, but nothing came up. She kept trying all through the school day to help her focus. She put her fingers on the side of her head like her abuela's psychic sometimes did. Are you okay? Her cousin Leticia asked as they walked home from school together. I have to draw a picture of the island, Lola explained. But I was just a baby when we left. Prima, you have to help me. I don't remember a lot either except for the bats. They were big as blankets and they used to chase after me at night. Blanket bats! Lola pulled out her notebook and began to sketch. Leticia stopped Mrs. Bernard, who always sold them crispy empanadas after school. Mrs. Bernard... What do you remember most about the island? Why, the music, of course. The whole country is like the island of, of Agueria, like the island of a drum. You mean like our neighborhood, Lola said? The neighborhood had so much music, it was like a radio with the dial broken off. On the island, there's even more music. There's more music than air, and everyone is always dancing. Even in their sleep, people dance. Sleep dancing, Lola sketched. Leticia led Lola into the barber shop that her brother Jonathan owned. Lola has to do an assignment about the island. She needs to know what you remember most about it. Wepa, said Jonathan laughing. The agua de coco. How wonderful it tastes when you drink it right from the coconut. Mr. Rodriguez sat up in the chair and the mangoes that are the size of your head and so sweet. They make you want to cry, Lola said. She loved mangoes. That is it exactly. How much color there is, said the woman waiting with her son. Colorful cars, colorful houses, flowers everywhere. Even the people are like rainbow, every shade ever made. Like us in here, Lola said. Even more color, the woman said. Aqua, mango heads, rainbow people. Lola was trying to keep up. The island sounds so beautiful. Why did we even leave? Well, it isn't all beautiful, the woman's son said. The heat on, on you like five bullies, the oldest barber muttered, and other things. Like what? Lola wanted to ask. 
but the older barber had already turned away. In the lobby of their building, the cousins ran into Mr. Murr, the superintendent. Leticia called out, hey, Mr. Murr, can you tell us what you most remember about the island? Nobody wants to remember about that old stuff, Mr. Murr grumbled. Just be glad you live here. Don't listen to him, Leticia said. Keep going and call me later if you need any help, okay? I will, Lola said. When Lola got into the elevator, she put her fingers on her temples and closed her eyes. Island, she called, like it was a cat. But like a cat, the island did not come. At home, Lola found her abuela at the kitchen table trying to finish a puzzle. Abuela loved puzzles. Abuela, I'm supposed to draw a picture of the island for school, but I don't remember it. Why don't I remember it? Yeah, you were just a baby when you left. But the other kids remember. Just because you don't remember a place doesn't mean it's not in you. Will you tell me what you remember most? Lola asked. Of course. What I remember most, the beaches. Yeah, our beaches are poetry. You know, when you hear your favorite poem, that it is to be on our beaches. Fish jump from the waves into your laps. And at sunset, sometimes the dolphins will come out of the water to bow goodnight. And up north, where I'm from, there are even whales in the surf. Beach poetry, dolphins, surfing whales. Lola sketched as fast as she could. Lola's mother stuck her head in from the kitchen. Yeah, what I remember most is the hurricane that hit the island right after you were born. Like the biggest, baddest wolf of all, it huffed and puffed and blew thousands of houses into the sky. Where were we, Lola asked as her eyes widened. We were hiding under the bed is where we were, Abuela said. That's right, her mother said. And you know what? You never cried once. You were such a brave little girl. I wish I could remember that, Lola sighed. Well, it happened, her mother said. You might not remember the island, but it remembers you. You should really talk to Mr. Murr, Abuela suggested. He knows more about the island than almost anybody. We tried asking him, Lola said, but he didn't want to help. Mr. Murr can be a little grouchy sometimes. Let me talk to Mrs. Murr. I bet you can get him to help. Abuela called downstairs and shouted at Mrs. Murr, who then shouted at Mr. Murr. The old people were always shouting at each other. That's how they talked. Maybe Nelson was an old person in training. Go on down, Abuela said. Mr. Murr said he would try to help. Lola was a little nervous, but that didn't stop her from knocking on the super's door. Mrs. Murr let her in. Look how big you've gotten, Lola. Mr. Murr is in his workshop. Go on in. Mr. Murr looked up from the contraption he was fixing. 
Your grandma says you've been interviewing people about the island. Lola nodded nervously. Yes, sir. It's for a class assignment. What have they told you? She flipped through her sketches. Bat blankets, more music than air, fruit that makes you cry, beach poems, and a hurricane like a wolf. I see, Mr. Murr said. So no one told you about the monster. Lola's eyes got wide. She shook her head no. Even those who know don't always want to talk about him. Mr. Murr turned toward the old worn map he had of the island. Our island has always been a beautiful place. It was when I was your age, and it is today. But even the most beautiful places can attract a monster. A long time ago, long before you were born, that's exactly what happened. A monster fell upon our poor island. For once, Lola's pencil didn't move. It was the most dreadful monster anyone had ever seen. The whole island was terrified, and no one could defeat it. It was just too strong. For 30 years, the monster did as it pleased. It would destroy an entire town with a single word and make a whole family disappear simply by looking at it. Lola's curly hair was uncurling with fear. D did you see the monster, Mr. Murr? Yes, all the time. Were you scared? We were all very scared. Lola's heart was pounding. So what happened next, Mr. Murr? What should always happen to monsters? Heroes rose up, strong, smart young women just like you, Lola, and a few strong, smart young men too. They got tired of being afraid and fought the monster. What a titanic battle that was. The whole island shook from their struggle. The monster tried all of its evil's tricks, but in the end, the heroes found the monster's weakness and banished it forever. Whoa, Lola whispered. What happened to the heroes? No one knows, really. It was so long ago. Mr. Moore took off his glasses and sighed. Anyway, you should get back upstairs. It's getting close to dinner time. Thank you, Mr. Murr, Lola said. Thank you for all your help. How did it go, Lola's mother asked. It was really good, Lola looked at the blank page in her hand. Lola spent the rest of the night drawing the island. She started out with one page, but she needed more room. So she added another page and then another. And soon she had a book. She worked through dinner and she worked in bed and was just finishing the last touches on the cover when her abuela came in to check on her. Abuela picked up a drawing of the final battle and she got really still. Abuela, did you know about the monster? Of course, Iha. Why do you think so many of us are here in the north? Lola put her arms around her abuela you must have been scared. Sometimes we were, her abuela whispered, but we were also brave. The next day it snowed. Lola put on her scarf and boots and stuffed her assignment under her coat. Bendecien, mami. Bendecien, abuela. Bye, hia. 
they both called good luck. Mr. Murr was pushing garbage cans against the curb. Thank you, Mr. Murr, slayer of monsters, he laughed. Good luck, Lola, daughters of heroes. In class, all the students were buzzing about their pictures. Nelson's mother had baked cupcakes for everyone, so it was like a little party. Miss Obie hung the drawings on the wall. Now our classroom has windows, she said. Anytime you want to look at one another's first homes, all you have to do is look out the windows. Then Miss Obie reached Lola's desk. So how did it go, Lola? Where Were you able to remember anything? I tried really, really hard, but nothing came. And that made me feel bad. But then I realized I don't have to feel bad because even if I'd never set foot on the island, it doesn't matter. The island is me. Nelson snorted. That's so corny. It is not. Nelson, be nice, Miss Obie said. She and the other students gathered around Lola's desk. Nelson made sure he got a real close so he could see everything. Lola suddenly got nervous. Go ahead, Lola, show us. Okay, Lola said. Taking a deep breath, she opened her book and out burst the island. The end. Wasn't that a beautiful story? I recommend you do get the books. So you could see the beautiful pictures as her beautiful pictures of her island jumps out. She had pictures of the beach and the whales and the sunsets and the fruit, all of that she talked about. And I think it's wonderful that she went around asking all the older people about the island and so she can know where she came from. It's always good to talk to the older people about where they came from because it's a part of you. I may not have grown up in Jamaica or Trinidad and Tobago, but I like hearing the stories from my parents and from others about the islands that my my family came from. And just like when one day I'll have grandchildren and like I've told my children, I tell them stories about the islands that their grandparents came from and also where I come from here in Canada. It's always great to know because every little part that each ancestor came from is a part of you and has made you for who you are. So don't be afraid to sit down with a relative who, you know, could, could have come from a different country or who's from Canada and ask them about their experience there. And hey, maybe even draw a nice little picture of what they've told you so you can see what they see. It never hurts a part of you. So that's it for me today. And I'll talk to you guys next week. So like I always say, I am proud to be black because black looks good on me and it looks fabulous on you guys too. So you guys have an amazing week. Don't forget to count your blessings and I'll see you then. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.